for how many turns? Just one right away. 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 Just one right away. Just one right away. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Okay. 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 Another four years a day drinking here in Ontario. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, but it, it, it just proves that my political philosophy is correct. I don't know what it proves. I, I think it proves, I, I don't know. I've become, I, I've decided to become a nihilist. Um, oh, that's, that's good. I don't mind that. Yeah, that's fair. I always had a bit of a, that in me anyway. So yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about uh, Tale of Two Cities, which uh, is episode 10 of season six, originally aired June 2nd, 2013 on AMC, of course. Um, I like this one for a lot of reasons. I, li- I like any mm-hmm. California episode. I like when they go to California. It's always different. Yep. Change of pace and Dawn has a different outlook. And um, John Slattery directed this one. Um, yep. And I don't know if I can see anything like that. Uh, I, I can't really get a style from him, but what do I know? But he tends to do a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, this one's got probably the strong, so far, literally the strong of all the whole series so far, the strongest sort of, you could make an album out of the music in this one and it would be it's a true. really good album. It would be a very good album. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a very good episode, but it's called a tale of two cities. Um, I haven't read that in a long time. Not this, the original. Tell the original. me a little bit about the Tale of Two Cities. Well, it's it's it, obviously it's by Charles Dickens. Yep. Um, it has two fame, two very famous lines in it. It, it was, was the worst best of, of times. Best of times. It was the it worst was of the times. worst of times. That's I the opening. Something. Okay. And it's a far, far better thing that I do today <sighs> than I have ever done. That sounds like something Roger would actually say. Yeah. It's sarcastically, yeah. but he would say yeah. it. Yeah. Essentially, essentially, it's it's about it's about the um, French Revolution, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we when we kind of we kind of see it, Dickens. I won't get too much into it, but Dickens yeah. was a was a liberal. Yeah, he believed in reform over revolution. Yes. So he he kind of in the novel he kind of condemns the aristocracy for their um lack of connection with the working class and, mm-hmm. and their lack of you know their lack of caring and their entitlement and privilege and all those kinds of things sure but he also attacks the revolution mm-hmm. the revolutionaries because he's not a revolutionary himself sure you know and and so it, it's a it's a it's a basically a novel it's also a love story it's it's about the french revolution um you get two characters um who look alike um one of them is, is sydney Carson. Car- carson is it carson let me let me just take a look carton carton sorry not carson okay. i knew that was wrong uh it was um about sydney Car- carton who is this kind of criminal figure okay who um looks like this um um upper class um uh darnay okay uh or is it defarge darnay yeah no it's darnay uh and darnay because it's been a while since i've read it and darnay is this the nephew of of one of the aristocrats Mm -hmm. but he's also a revolutionary right Uh... He 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 believes in if not the revolution itself, he believes that the aristocracy needs to be reformed 
in order right. to bring about a kind of equality. He's 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 kind in many ways he's kind of an, an enlightenment figure. Okay. In the sense that he he may be aristocratic, but he has sort of very liberal beliefs uh, in right. sort of giving up some privilege and uh, you know um, more democratic ideas. Right. Um, so he's Pete Campbell. Yeah, he's <laughs> Pete Campbell, um, but um, not as much of an later. asshole. Yeah, not as much of an asshole. Um, <laughs> you know, he and and so um, at the end, I know I'm I know I'm giving you a rambly. No, thing. no, no, it's good. It's good. It, it's it's a, it's a long, very complicated novel, but that's essentially what that's, it is. Yeah. I, and, and and then Darnay and Carton fall in love with the same woman. Oh, of course. Um, but she doesn't like Carton because, you know, um, aristocrats always win. Um, but because they look alike. Right. He Carton. And, and this is a spoiler. Carton ends up facing the guillotine. It's a 200 year old novel, folks. Yeah, exactly. A, don't worry about spoilers. Exactly. Carton ends up um, facing the guillotine, because, uh... but they they don't they think it's that he's Darnay. They think he's he, he, he's aristocrat. Uh-huh. So he sacrifices himself for the love of this woman. Not even not even necessarily to um, protect the aristocracy, but to protect this woman who is in love with this other guy, and right. and that's why he says it's a far far better thing that I do today than I have ever done, uh, right? Okay. Because that's at that he says that as he's at the guillotine, uh, and so he he's recognizing that his sacrifice, right, sort of redeems him. Right? So this, this this kind good. of this, drunken dissolute character and it's this this one moment of sacrifice Mm -hmm. that redeems him you know again heavily sort of christian ideas and all much so kinds of stuff you know um that that one moment he he becomes in some ways uh, not not that christ or jesus was a dissolute character but he he becomes a a kind of a christ-like figure at the end right and sacrifices himself okay um, for others good so this is this puts it in some perspective our two cities here of course aren't paris and london no they are Los Angeles and New York. One could argue that one is more revolutionary than another, um, but I think they're yeah. both being affected. So I don't know if I'm what I got there, but it's it's a good it's a good title, <laughs> Tale of Two Cities. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, before we get into the thing proper, uh, we should note that uh, John Oy of the Facebook group uh, out to lunch with Roger Sterling has found that Bobby, the reason that Bobby had the trash can over or the pail over his head or pot or whatever the hell it was, is because they couldn't get the regular Bobby one right. actor. So to keep him having the role, they just had another kid and put that over his head, cool. Cool. which is kind of great, actually. Yeah, kind of great. I, um, I like that. Yeah, it's I nice. Like so that. at least now we know why Bobby's a tool. Um, it's because the original Bobby couldn't be found for a, for a, a single scene or something. Yeah. Maybe he had an exam or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably something to that effect. Um, so thanks John. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So, Oh, here we go right away. It's the DNC 1968. Well, it's kind of, we kind of have to have that. Don't yeah. We? It's kind of a big thing. That's a big thing. 1968 is a big year. And that's one of the big things. Um, and of course, uh, Megan says cops have been hassling protesters all day. And she's right. That's what happened. Yep. Um, uh, and then Don says, uh, it's also not in prime time. <laughs> yeah. He's so cynical. It's amazing. And he's also yeah. right, by the way. Yeah. Um, the Democrats are, I, I've always been, well, I shouldn't say always, but yeah, for a long time, have been a 
weird people talk about big tent political parties um in the states especially because there's only really two yeah it's a really weird tent because it's got everything from people that are self-proclaimed socialists to pretty right of pretty right of center people at this time we've got racists still like like avowed racists like segregation now segregation forever those kind of racists yeah um you've got really quite liberal people um you've got quite so so socialist people you've got rather right-wing it's a really weird coalition it is it's a really weird coalition especially by today's standards yeah which 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 is why johnson is president Mm -hmm. Is is because Kennedy deliberately chose Johnson as his running mate because yep. Johnson was a Southerner. Yeah, and, and Ken- exactly. Kennedy was not popular in the South because of that kind of North-South divide in the Democratic Party. And, the and so he, thing. yeah, exactly. And so he used Johnson uh, as a way, and then yeah. therefore Johnson became president when Kennedy was assassinated. And one might think, well, why wouldn't the anti-war protesters be at the Republican convention? There were some, not very many. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in Tampa that year, but yeah. there, there certainly were a lot more there. And part of that is they're in, the Democrats are in power. They they're hold power. both, ha- they hold yeah. both houses of Congress. Plus they're exactly. in, in the white house. But the other thing is there are more people there who are probably, what's the word I'm looking for? Sympathetic to those kind yeah. of views. Though so there certainly yeah. are peace Republicans that again, I know yeah. that sounds weird to people today, yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot more of them. So this is why they're there. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, that, that uh, I'm sure we'll talk about as we go mm-hmm. along that, um, that, that kind of um, disrupts the democratic party is that yeah. you get this, this kind of real split. Yeah. You know, and it, it ends up, it's like, you know, the house, the house fighting amongst itself. Yep. I mean, you've already got at house, this point, right? You've already got at this point, uh, George Wallace running an independent campaign as a, as, yeah. a, as a Dixiecrat. He yeah. wins a bunch of states in 68 too, which he is does. really creepy as hell. It's bad enough that my province just reelected Doug Ford, but I'll say a lot about Doug Ford, but he ain't no George Wallace. And I mean, no, that, that's true. You know, <laughs> that's true. Uh, you know, so. The Democrats are a weird party uh, at this yeah. at this point. Uh, American political politics is weird generally. Um, Don sees it very cynically, and I think so does say Mayor Daly in yeah, well, <laughs> in yeah. Chicago. Um, and then he's Don's like, "Well, come with me. I'm going out to some, something great happened out there." And then she says, "I made the biggest mistake of my life, but that's not a negative thing. They're actually kidding around. It's a very yeah. sweet scene with the it background is. of horribleness." Yeah. Know? Uh, and I, I quite liked it. Um, at the very beginning, when I was first saw this, I thought when she said, I made the biggest mistake of my life, but then I saw the sort of wry smile on her face. Clearly she's yeah. kidding. There's no, I don't, I no. didn't see any truth in that at all. No. Um, and then she says, stay away from actresses. And he says, they have those there. <laughs> I really liked it. Um, and, you know, uh, then, then we see the, oh, Kenny, uh, Kenny has finally met the decider at Chevy. Uh, and they're discussing the name of 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 yep. of, of, of the of the, the firm. Every, things are starting to happen. Everything yep. is going well. Uh, CGC SCDP is not a mouthful. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, SCDP CGC is a mouthful. Then he goes, but the, and he like says it the other way, and he just moves his hand back, and we're like, eh, it's not so bad. Hmm. Um, so Don says SCDCC sounds like a stutter and looks like a typo. <laughs> it's well put. It does. It does. Um, and as you note here, at least they didn't try, say, Sterling Cooper at Al. Yeah. At <laughs> which, Al. Is what, 
which is what people like you and I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, the reason it did it, it, it made me think of uh, MASH, that MASH episode when mm-hmm. Charles Winchester and, and BJ Honeycutter are trying to write a paper together. Oh, in the paper, that's right. Right, and and, Winch- and they're arguing about whose name comes first. Yes. Uh, and Winchester says, we could just say Charles Winchester at Al, and BJ goes, and I'm Al? <laughs> 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 That's what it made me think of. And that Al reference is so rarely used. Uh, it's nice to hear. <laughs> um, I've been the I've been the first name, but I've also been the et Al before. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, it's a plane trip to California. Uh, Roger doesn't want to work, <laughs> which is no. not any surprise. He wants basically to have a debauched weekend or week, yep. or whatever they're doing in in Los Angeles, which is what they got. Yep. Be slick. Be glib. Be you. <laughs> I'm Vasco da Gama, and you're I don't know some other Mexican. <laughs> Yeah, our biggest like, our biggest challenge is not to get syphilis. I like when Don says, "I don't think these guys hold their pants up with a rope." Yeah, but <laughs> but there mind. there is an interesting thing in 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 that, um, which I think sort of gives us mm-hmm. a, a sense of a little bit of sense of Don and how things his his mask sometimes slips. Yep, right where where because Roger tells him not to use the drawl. Yeah, don't drop those G's like you do when you've had a couple of drinks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and so it's it's like Dick coming back, like that that accent coming back, right? Um, you know, and so we we get that kind of that sense that that Roger, I think Roger knows a little bit more than he's letting on, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he knows everything, but he, well, he knows. I don't think he know. Well, no, but I think he knows Don was pretty poor. Yeah, and grew up in the country because Don's vaguely yeah. mentioned the country, things like yeah. the farm, um, and. Uh, he also knows that Don, that the persona that Don puts out there is extremely studied. You know, yeah. everything he does has a reason. There is nothing that is. You can always tell when he's not Don Draper because hairs are out of place. I mean, that's when yeah. he becomes Dick Whitman. So yeah. it's Roger's seen this for sure. Um, oh, Stan and Ginzo are listening to the war stuff. Well, but they're listening to his, the DNC, and they're they're yeah. supposed to debate the war uh, at the uh, a, a peace plank. I'll put yeah. that into the uh, platform. The platform. Yep. Um, Which Jim thing? Cutler is unimpressed. Yeah. Uh, and then this is when um, uh, Ginzo says, this whole thing works because people like you look the other way. Yes. <laughs> no, you're a, he calls him a fascist. And he says, no, you're a fascist because you love business and hate everything else. <laughs> it's a bit of a reductive version of fascism, but I'm yep. not necessarily... <laughs> Opposed not to what necessarily wrong not wrong certain part certainly it's part a, of fascism part of that is right that's right um you're rooting for the soviets and prague too you nazi he just it's i love watching ginsburg can go from just hanging out thinking of ideas to he just snaps yeah got a colleague like that he's got a, he's got two speeds off yeah. and, and and just snapping ranting yeah yeah, well, I mean, think, I think part of the problem is, and, you know, one of the things I like about this episode is that we get a little bit more about uh, Ginsburg. Yeah, and I, sure. I think I think he's very he's very conflicted. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to be on the streets protesting in Chicago. He does. But he's working for an ad agency in New York. <laughs> Making right? things for Dow Corning. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so he's he, he you know, he I think he's very conflicted. And I think that's why he has those kinds of moments is because, you know, he kind of, he kind of loathes himself. I think he does. Um, and I think there's also some survival guilt from the yep. Holocaust there. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you put all that together because we know he's lost his mom. Um, yep. 
it's a he's a complicated character and he sees he has seen what's happened he's firsthand what has happened in the past when people do nothing yes right like and it's not at the same level of we can assume that these guys these older guys are all world war ii veterans yeah right we know roger is uh we find out i don't think this episode i think the next we find out jim was oh no he he says in this one he says he was in the air force did you serve right so yeah, yeah we find out here um I think we find out next next episode what he actually did. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he saw combat, I'll tell you that. Uh, so, you know, these guys, and Don, of course, was in Korea. But they, it, that's not the same as being a victim of genocide. No. <laughs> like, no. So, and, yeah, and, he, he feels like he should do something, and he can't because he has to make money to live because that's how the world works. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's and again, that's always, you know, and and people have accused me of this too, being on the left, being a Marxist myself, right. is like how 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 can I sort of go out and you know do the things that I do and call myself a Marxist? It's like, well, I live in a capitalist society. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Exactly. Right. I need to feed myself. I need to pay rent, so I need to work to do that, and I need to I need I need to sort of to a degree compromise to the capitalist system, even though I, I think it should be overhauled and, and, and changed, I still need to deal with it. Right. It's, it's like, what was it? Is it David Hume who talked about the, 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 the pragmatic anarchist? I think it's, yeah. Hume. And he said, you know, I'm an anarchist, but I also follow rules. You know why? Cause if yeah. I don't, everything falls apart. So yeah. exactly. I stop at this red light because if I don't, I will get killed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I remember, I don't know. I was literally thinking about that while riding my bike today. And yeah. there was no, there was, and there was no traffic and there was a red light. And I thought, I don't go through red lights. Yeah. It's like, I, I follow rules. I think this rule's stupid right now, but I'm not going to break it because <laughs> what if a car comes going 107 miles an hour and I get exactly. killed, you know? Yep. Um, <laughs> of course, Bob comes down immediately, uh, just shows up out of nowhere and says, don't talk to him like that. He's your, this man's your boss. Yeah. The best part of this is Jim yelling, why are you always down here? Go back upstairs. <laughs> Bob would make a bad comedian because he has bad no, timing. No sense of timing. Yep. But he thinks he has great timing because I think he just skulks around waiting to hear something going on and yep. wants to put his nose in. Yep, I think so. Um, Bob's getting on my nerves. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, then we have uh, Jim goes and tells had you know we, we could fire sterling and draper <laughs> and crane while they're all in la uh and he says you know and we, we could we could fire all these other creative people and then we could bring all we got only just our people and then we could have these other guys uh you know and i'll start with mr ginsburg um yeah. and i actually though i have a pretty low bar for my anti-Semitism detector. I don't think that's what that says here. I just don't think he likes Ginsburg. No, I, don't think I, don't think I mean, he, he's just been called a fascist and a Stalinist, <laughs> which, which is weird. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, it is. you know, cause Stalin for all his faults was not a fascist. No, he, he was, he was a murdering dictator. He sure. But, but, yes, but he's not a very fascist. bad man. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, Ted's like, no, you got it. This, this guy's like, he's lightning in a bottle. So Ted yeah. knows that he's very talented and you've just got to learn how to nurture him. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's he's like if Don, you can expect Don never behaved that way, but Don wasn't so off balance, yeah. which is what Ginsburg seems to be, understandably. Yeah. Um, I love a good power struggle. It's always fun. Um, yeah. I'm the world's most expensive babysitter, he said. <laughs> At times, it seems like Jim is. Uh, Jones said on a lunch date, 
uh, with a guy from Avon, Ooh, a guy who yeah. actually played uh, in the episodes. Oh God, what's it called? The Drumhead of Star Trek: The right. Next Generation. I played a guy named Simon Tarsus who was part Romulan, and th- th- then they went on a witch hunt. Oh which, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I know, and yeah, I know which one you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually, literally that. thinking about that, and I kid you not, I just got a shiver up my spine because yeah. that's such a good episode of Star Trek: yeah, The Next Generation. And he's very young there. He's only like he is, yeah. 25. And here he's, well, of course, it's 20, it's 30 years later. So he's going to look older. Yeah, I, just, I remember watching. That, actually, that's one of my favorite episodes of Star it's Trek so Next Generation. Oh, yeah. Uh, when he just says, he just gets up and Picard just gets up and leaves when she's, oh, it's yep. so good. So very good. Um, so it turns out, well, she thinks it's a lunch date anyway. Um, what should I look for in an agency? Um, and she kind of looks around. He's like, go ahead. And she's like, me? Uh, it's funny. You can see the look in her face, Joan, uh, when she realizes, oh, this isn't a date. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. This is business. a business lead. Okay. I can do that. I have, I, I'm a part owner of this company. I can do that. Um, so but she talks about how Harry, Harry Crane is a wizard wizard and he has a computer the size of this restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Computers were big. I think it's funny how it used to be that the bigger your computer was, that made it better. And now yep. it's like, uh, not that. Yep. <laughs> I remember big computers when I was an undergrad. Now you wouldn't have been doing data analysis and stuff because it's no. English, but I was, yep. you know, we had to analyze data and those, you go into like this sort of clean room computer place and you would hand, and this is not even, you know, stuff on punch cards, but you'd still have to go and wait for your output and stand yeah. there waiting and waiting. And then someone in a white lab coat would hand it to you. It's a different time. But these yeah. were big machines, big vac. That was a big vac. Which thing. is why there's a guy who's, who, I can't remember his name now, who, who he, he said that he, he never could envision a time when everybody would, everybody would have a computer in their in yeah. their house and people always laugh at him but this is why is because the computers are huge yeah uh, uh, something that i mean i just iphone xr in my hand here mm-hmm. something this powerful um at that time i didn't exist like you couldn't yeah. make a computer that powerful yeah. uh something and if you go to maybe 19 jesus i don't know 1995 let's say something as powerful as this phone was still the size of my fridge yeah you know the, the world's change drastically yeah um uh and then she's joan actually says i'm in charge of thinking about things before people think of them which is literally exactly supposedly what kenny was good at if you remember yeah, yeah. um so i don't know if she's heard that or whatever but good on her hey joan's an account person good for yep. her um, good for her i will say that i bumped on hers when she grabbed the check and said i've got this i don't think yeah. people said that no i yeah i don't think i don't think that phrase it's a very recent phrase. It's a recent um, phrase. You know, I, yeah. I think she might have said, I'll cover this. Yeah. Although that's I'll okay. I'll pay for this. I'll pay for this. It's on me. It's or on let, the company. Let me pick up the check. Let me pick up the all. There's so many different things other than yeah. I got this, which it's it's one of the things I really like about the show is it, it does a nice job of very subtly using 1960s vernacular. And sometimes it early 2000s vernacular, mid 2000s vernacular comes in like, what the hell? Yeah, it's like what happens in Star Trek shows when I hear someone say something like, "I've got this." It's like you think that's going to be around in three hundred years? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure that's going to be the case. But but again, you know, it's it's it, you know, it's a kind of a dramatic thing, sort of you know, not just I got this, the check, but I got this, I got the situation. Yeah, right. So so I can see why they would use it. Oh, totally. It's kind of got that double meaning of you know, yep. I'm in control. I got this mm-hmm. almost as if she's speaking to herself. Exactly. 
right? You know, so I, I can understand why they would they would as as weird and anachronistic as it is, I can kind of see why they would. It, why it, would it does do it. it does work on that on those levels. You're right. Yeah. You're totally Be, right. Because I'll pick up the check doesn't really work on the same levels. That's right. It doesn't work in the same as yeah. I've got this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm trying to think of a all handled now. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Um. And then we see Bob talking to. Um, why do I keep forgetting Jim Cutler's name? There it is, Jim. I don't know. It's Jim Cutler. <laughs> uh, and he says, I only interfered because I hate disrespect. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. Yeah. See, here, sequiousness here. really, I don't, that's yeah, a character I flaw. Like, I don't like that in people. I don't and, like liars and I yeah. don't like obsequious people. <laughs> yeah. And, and the problem with obsequious people, or as I refer to them, weasels. <laughs> um, um, the problem with weasels is they're so intent on themselves and kind of playing sort of like the, the, the mini game yeah. that he doesn't realize that right here, Jim is playing him, right? That, he has that, no clue that, that he's a pawn <laughs> and something bigger. Right. Yeah. And, and because he's just such a, a Weasley suck up, he doesn't realize that. Yeah. Right. He's basically That's, Eddie Haskell. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How are you today? Mrs. Cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> So as a kid, I had a friend who acted kind of like that. And I remember my, my dad always calling him Eddie Haskell. And I had no idea what that yeah. was. And then Leave the Beaver reruns. I started seeing them on Channel 43 WUAB from Cleveland. That's out there. That's for Alien CG and Heavy D, if they heard that. Uh, Cleve. Yeah. And uh, it was like, oh, I, now I see. He's a weasel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Eddie Haskell. I hate these. Oh, but the Manischewitz account. And, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's like, isn't that Michael's uh, account? He's like, yeah. Well, <laughs> when he says, you know, the that he's like that that Michael is that Mike Ginsburg is just like the the clients. That's just a Jew thing, and I found it gross. Um, <laughs> yep, it's it's the casual anti-Semitic. It's again, it's not one of these things. Jim Cutler never would have thought about taking away people's rights or putting people in camps. That's not, you know, but it's casual systemic anti-Semitism. Just saying something like that and no one going, dude. Yeah. You know, and I I think that's, this is kind of what um, Ginzo is sort of telling him is it's those kinds of people that lets, lets the camps happen. Exactly. Right. That, that yes, Jim wouldn't, wouldn't be there doing that, but the fact that he doesn't do anything he, he those kind the other the more extremists can then do what they want yeah well the more moderates casual well, anti-semites don't yeah well people who are just just want a tax cut yeah yeah exactly <laughs> pay attention to entire party platforms people yeah. uh-huh. um joan's pretty excited um she because is. she's got an account it looks like which is yeah, she's got a lot of power in the office, but it's always within the office. And yeah. we, we've also seen that it, that power can just be told by even people who aren't partners, just by people like Harry Crane can just say, nope. Yep. <laughs> and she has to kind of accept it. So she has power in the office. Now she's maybe going to have some outside the office. So she asks Peggy what to do because she ha- literally has no idea what to do here. I yep. love the turnabout here. I just started watching the show, another rewatch because I'm yeah, okay. me and watching the beginning and seeing the interactions between the two of them and how 
Jonah's just this overbearing bitch yeah. to Peggy all the yeah. time. And now it's like, uh, Peggy, what do I do? I have no yeah. clue. I'm completely yeah. out, of my, out of my depth here. It's kind of great. Um, and then Peggy says, we'll take it to Ted. He'll know what to do. That's probably true. Yeah. See, I, I, but... I still think Peggy <laughs> has a, an over uh, an overstated view of Ted. I think you're right. I don't think she think he is what she thinks he is. He's not nearly as good a man as she thinks he is. He's not no. that different from Don. I think he's no. a better person than Don, but I don't think he's a hell yeah. of a lot better than Don. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's got this idea that he's like Don, except a good, a, a good, pure man. Yeah. And I don't think that's entirely no. true. Um, uh, and then Ted hears about it. Of course, he says, Avon Cosmetics. Very groovy. Yeah. <laughs> Ted, of course, I was just going to say, dude, I'm a 56, I'm almost 57 years old and I go around saying, dude. So what does that say about yeah. me? I don't know. Then again, I work with young people. It's true. The, with the kids. With the kids, the youngsters. The youngsters, the, the uh, yes. It's, I love when they, whenever anybody jokingly calls me a boomer, I say, I'm the first year of Gen X. Don't you yeah. start that crap with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can, I've been complaining about boomers since nine, 1991. Um <laughs> I like when he says, and he says, Pete, as the head of new business. <laughs> and then Pete says, since when? I don't want that. Yeah. I love how Pete has gone from, again, from watching the early episodes where he's like, I just want to please Don Draper and become important in the company. And that, no matter what happens. And now it's like, you've got enough to do. What the hell are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> it's it's kind of good. Um, it's interesting because Pete's right about this is the way things are done. We have we examples. We got Jaguar. We've got Hilton. That's two times when yeah. people didn't know what they were doing. It probably should be him. Joan takes it personally. And I think it's hard for her not to, and yeah. it's hard for me not to see it as personal, even though I don't. I'm conflicted about this because I think Joan could probably do this, but she also doesn't really know what she's doing. And we've seen what happens when, well, when Don and, and Lane tried to do things. Yeah. Well, well, this this is this is a situation where I mean, you know, the, what we might think of today as a toxic situation. <laughs> yes, that, I think in, we might. In, in, in the sense that you're right, she can do it, but she doesn't have the experience, and nobody's going to help her. No one's going to get her the experience. It's, right. it's the it's you know, the classic conundrum. You need five yeah. years experience. How am I going to get that? We'll get five yeah. years experience and come exactly. back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and so because no because it's all antagonistic towards her. Yeah. For reasons. I'm not just going to say they're not invalid, but I, you know, it, it comes. Yeah. The difference between her and Peggy is Peggy, to a degree, worked for what she got. She did, yeah, right. Because of Joe, because of what Joan did, yeah. People see Joan not as being competent. That's right. But as, and this is crude, uh, but sleeping her way to the top. They, they see her as a whore. I mean, let's just, exactly. no, no reason to mince words. That's exactly, this is the thing. And, you know, one could make an argument that on a surface level, you're, they're right. Yeah. Uh, deeper. No, that is clearly no. not the case. And she's extremely yeah. competent, but yeah. I could see someone thinking that. And yeah. there is this conflict here. And, you know, it's also one of the first times when Peggy's like, I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Let's do this. And it's a very strange, I think, feeling for Joan too, because usually yeah. she knows what she's doing. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and even Peggy, I, I, maybe in a later, 
later scene. So, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll mention it. Sure. Mention it here. You know, even Peggy kind of has that attitude. Oh yeah. You know, and Peggy said, "Well, you know, it's it's later, and she, yes. but she said she says, I, well, I didn't sleep at dawn. Yeah. But she was still protected by dawn. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, like yeah. like 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 she's being a little bit disingenuous here. Oh, yes, yes. She, she didn't sleep with John. Uh, Don, sorry, not John. Yeah. She didn't sleep with Don, but he protected her. He oh, mentored yeah. her. Did he ever? Yeah. Right. He protect you know, and, and 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 it was his protection that helped her come up. I mean, she did she did work. She did good work, right? You know, I'm not saying it was totally Don, but she's being disingenuous here. Her idea is like, well, I had to work, I had to work my way up to the top, not like you. You know, whereas like that's eh, not <laughs> quite true. Yeah, I mean that's, that's right. it's a little bit more nuanced than that, more a little bit more complicated there, Peggy. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned in our document here that like she's pretty marginalized, and she is. Yeah. She has us. She's not as as the kids say today in her lane right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, apologies to the late Lane Price. Um, so now we're off to California. I love I always love the California. Uh, yeah. and then <laughs> so stupid harry is stupid so he's first of all he's rented a mustang which is as you would note in our document yep. a beautiful car it is a beautiful car my that's favorite a, car that's a nice car though it yesterday nice. yesterday i saw a 1964 fastback corvette Ooh, drive by nice. i just isabel said aren't you going to uh because what i usually do when people rev their engines is i applaud them and yeah. talk about how great they are she said i said no 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 that's a 1964 corvette it's yep. totally cool yeah if, if you have that you have to rev your <laughs> you have to do that it, that's it, that's it, a it's different, law. It's different a law. thing Women, they don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but it's a nice car, but he's, you know, they're right. What if Chevy sees him driving around in a Mustang? Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's before, it's not like somebody's going to catch it and post it on Twitter because there's no. no Twitter yet, but it's still, it could get back to somebody. Um, And Harry, I like how Harry now takes over. He's like, uh, don't worry, Don, manana. Everything here is manana. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's so hot. It's a dry heat. And I love when Rodri goes, it's a dry heave. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and both Don, sorry, both Roger and Harry want to go do something. And yeah. that something is involves drinking, sex, all that stuff that they like. Yep. And Don's like, I just want to go lie down, man. Yeah. I don't think I like you people. That's what yeah. I got. The, the impression I got from this is Don's like, I, I normally really like California and you guys are totally killing California for me. Yeah. Um, anyway. <clears throat> So Joan's at home. She's folding clothes. I this season, this, sorry, this scene is great because you see how it's affecting a regular person, mm -hmm. uh, and how shocked they are, and how their life goes on all at yeah. once. And that's just in her folding clothes. Uh, then we have Megan and Donner watching. Everybody's watching this. Uh, it was a ridiculous number of people. It was like 110 million. It was some it was, had incredible yeah. ratings. Only three networks, and all the networks had the same show on that night. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, Megan talks about it, the, Megan and Don talking, and then Don immediately says, honey, they're throwing rocks. You know, it's funny. Don is, I wouldn't say he's part of the, he, he's part of the establishment, but he kind of isn't at the same time. Yeah. But this right here, we can see where he's like, it's not unlike when you hear people say, yeah, but people are breaking things. It's like, yeah, yeah you know, there's a reason yeah. this is happening. I don't think Don sees it. He sees it just as a confrontation between two sets of people, not as something yep. about, and I'm, I'm not even going to go so far as ideology. No. It's, 
he doesn't see the bigger issues here. Yeah. Or doesn't see yeah. them as, as important as you don't throw rocks at cops. Yeah. And or at the very least, the cops re reaction is justified. It's because... justified or understandable. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know if he'd say it was justified, but he'd go, come on, they're throwing rocks. Yeah. So I understand why. Uh, and he even makes a joke, you know, Conrad Hilton's probably in that hotel. <laughs> yeah. That's actually probably, kind of funny. Was. It's a horrible line. Now, if they're talking about the Palmer House Hotel, which is a Hilton property in Chicago, I have stayed in that hotel. And that okay. is the hotel where um, there was a, in a great big ballroom, they had the thing where, you know, Tommy Lee, not Tommy Lee, sorry, Harrison Ford confronts the one-armed man. Okay. In, in the movie, The, All right. the, the Fugitive. Uh, when, when I stayed and went to a conference, their Midwestern Psychological Association would have been 1995. Um, and uh, I was there and I said to um, one of the grad students I was with, uh, I was a postdoc. I said, watch this. He said, what are you, you going to do? I said, well, I'm just going to go ask if the one-armed man's around. So the retired, the, the, the Chicago Association of Retired School Teachers was having like a big testimonial dinner mm -hmm. <clears throat> i just opened up the door of the ballroom and i said that man, the one-armed man killed my wife and just closed the door yeah because i thought what are they gonna do fire me anyway yeah um it's a little anecdote <clears throat> uh, the whole world is watching which is something you now hear protesters whenever there's violence yes uh, chant which is good um i'll go for a swim that always makes you feel better a little foreshadowing there mm. um and then it's funny, you know, she says, we should hang up. This is costing a fortune. And I remember that. Remember how expensive long distance used to be? Yeah, because you would do, do one of two things. You'd yep. either wait till after six. Yeah. Or you would do that thing where you would call and reverse the charges. Yeah. Do you accept the charges? No. That's just a way of letting your parents or somebody know that you're okay. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, you know, it's like, no, I'm not going to accept the charges. Right. So it was just a way of, of sort of uh, I'm, I'm calling you in. So, yeah, I do. I do remember that. It's funny. I, we had a, my dad sometimes used to ask me to, for, for answers to trivia questions because where he worked, they would just accept my word as yeah. gospel. I don't know why. So he's having an argument of some sort. One day I get a phone call and it says, will you accept the charges from, and then you hear my dad yelling, who's the first French Canadian prime minister? And the phone hangs up. Yeah. So I call back and I say, would you accept the charges from, I said, Wilfred Laurier. Yeah. And of course, dad doesn't accept the charges. It's done. Now yeah. we use these things called text messages. Different yeah. time, folks. I still, to be honest, I still feel weird calling long distance during the day if I have I to. know. It's like, how much is this going to cost me? And I always yeah. look up my phone plan and go, oh, they're all the same price. Yeah, they're all the same it's price. Covered. Now, it, it's, it's just ingrained <laughs> in me now. It's like, it's oh, totally weird. It's like, weird. it's like after you're a graduate student and you constantly live like you're a graduate student for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> Or you have, you have flashbacks to craft dinner. Oh no, no more! Yeah. Please. You're eating. You're eating ramen, sitting on a futon, going, "What? What year is it?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that Joan kind of runs a scam here. She runs a little. I always like a little, little heist kind of things. So that's kind yeah. of what she's doing here. Didn't invite Pete to breakfast. But Joan doesn't know what she's doing. It's yeah. She's what the kids call. She's being a bit of a tryhard here. She's yeah. Uh, and it's too bad because, you know, this is uh, later on, doesn't Ted say that they got, they, you know, Jones, Jones taking Avon to the five yard line or something like that. Yep. That's basically it's, it's first and goal in the one. Um, she interrupts Peggy, which she shouldn't have done. No. Um, I like that Andy has his, his dilemma. Should we be groovy or nostalgic? And I yep. got a feeling that's what every single company in the world was thinking in 1968. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it, society was so divided. It's like, 
making that choice was really a big decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's right? it's really something because you're looking around going, is this the future or is that the future? Or is yeah. it going to be some version of both of them? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Joan puts Peggy on the spot. You know, what would you do? I like that Peggy says, would you say your current work is unintentionally old fashioned? And I don't even know that Peggy's even watched. Well, she's probably just seen some Avon ads, but it's, yeah. she just knows. And I, yeah. I, it's a very good line. Um, and in fact, that's what Joan is right here. She's unintentionally yeah. old fashioned, right? Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't really know what she's doing. No. Um, she's way out of her depth. Uh, like when she says there's no doorbell in an office. And it's like, no, you don't give him the the, the yeah. negatives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You wait. Yeah. Let him say what he'd like. Yeah. See if you can come up with a thing. But also, you don't come up with, at least from what I understand about advertising and watching the show and from talking to my sister who worked in advertising for a long time, is you don't actually talk to the client about how shitty things are going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's an idea, but here's the shitty parts of it. You don't do yeah. that right away, at least, you know? So it's kind of funny. Um, she's really trying hard, but she doesn't know what she's doing. No. Uh, Roger and Don are meeting with people from Carnation. Uh, good old Carnation instant breakfast. They talk with the DNC. The Democrats yeah. are dead forever. <laughs> of course, this is, you know, a little bit of irony, a little bit. This is the dramatic irony for us because mm -hmm. as we know the Democrats aren't dead, uh, especially when this show came out, uh, Obama had won a second term. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, no, they're not dead. Yeah. They're um, dead. Dutch Reagan is a patriot. Richard Nixon is an opportunist. Oh, Richard Nixon was an opportunist. That's true. Yep, that's true. And we could probably make a, though I don't, was never much on Ronald Reagan. He probably, I could no. think. Well, he's probably a patriot. Probably a patriot. So it's we probably, could probably call him a patriot. Yeah, it's probably, probably right. fair. it's probably fair. I mean, um, we, we we may disagree with his band of, brand of patriotism. Patriotism, but I think but he, he was a patriot. Yeah, he was trying to do good things. Yeah, that's fair. I yeah. think it's a fair yeah. statement, actually. But <laughs> that guy just snapping was weird, I thought. Yeah. But it showed just that, oh, they're dealing with weird people. Okay. Yeah. Um, Carnation Instant Breakfast, which, you know, Don, uh, Roger just calls it chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they were for years like, this isn't just chocolate milk. It's an instant breakfast. Yeah. My my uncle used to drink this. My uncle's okay. only, only seven years older than I am. So it's kind of right. like he's almost sort of an older brother. Right. Uh, so whenever we'd visit Montreal, he'd always be drinking this stuff. And I'd always say, I want chocolate milk for breakfast. And yeah. Always, and, and I always hear something. It's not just uh, chocolate milk. It's also blah, blah, blah. It replaces blah. So my grandparents and my uncle had clearly bought <laughs> carnations. Well, my my, my, my parents bought carnation instant breakfast too, but nobody ever used it. It would just sit. It, it would sit in the cupboard for ages. It's like coffee, mate. It's one of those things you have in the cupboard, just in case for some reason you're never going to use it. Yeah, I I don't know if my parents thought that we were going to drink it or what, but they didn't. And of course, as kids, we we ate cereal and stuff. And then, exactly. and then we got a little bit older, and we moved away from cereal. We started like eating toast and stuff like that. So it wasn't it was you know it just sat there in the cupboard. Yeah, I know. It's it's, like, it's it's a weird pantry item everyone had in the in this in the late. I'm not 60s, sure I've ever 70s. actually had any. I had some had of the some stuff my house. uncle had. It tasted basically like chocolate milk, but there was something about it that I don't think it was quite as sweet as I wanted it to yeah. be. It wasn't that good. Yeah, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was that that nutritious, like because now now they have the like the you know the 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 drinks and stuff like that, which are far more nutritious, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, and and can be used for a healthy, balanced diet. But I don't think this was like that. No, <laughs> and it's funny you get into the seventies, and a lot of companies have to come out and make ads saying, um, 
you know a lot of that stuff we said in the 60s in our ads yeah most of it was bullshit uh there's yeah. a there's a there's a uh ocean spray i think ad where they oh, say okay. uh, well you know we used to talk about food energy yeah all we mean there is calories we didn't yeah. mean and the, the guy is just saying this but it's clearly they've been told by the federal trade commission yeah 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 you lied that's a lie there's a bunch of ads like that in the early 70s um yeah. <clears throat> anyway it's gross stuff um it is and <laughs> it's not it's weird i i think and you mentioned here that um the divide between the sort of perceived perceived eastern liberals and western conservatives here yeah. um so it's the beginning of sort of the i mean Big countries like the states, like Canada, have always been kind of divided. You can't help sure. it. Oh yeah, yeah. Those those divisions are natural. Yeah, exactly. It's like you live five thousand miles away from me. You're going to be a lot different than I am. I mean, I mean, like I live in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Nova Scotia has more in common with Maine than it does sure. British Columbia. Oh, of course. Right, because yep. Maine, in 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 terms of culture, in terms yep. of in terms of um, fi- economics, and 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 that. It, they're they're very similar. The difference, of course, is Maine is in the United States and we're in Canada. So, you know, um, which obviously makes some differences. But in of terms course. of just like cultural things and economic mm-hmm. things, you know, um, there's, you know, that they, they were a fishing state. We were a fishing province. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot, you know, we, we have more in common with Maine than we do in, the, in, in British Columbia. And yeah. I, I, that's just because british columbia is so far away from us oh yeah i i I don't feel now as much as i feel that's part of my country and all that stuff i feel a lot more kinship with people in this is a bad example for me because of where because of where my wife is from but i feel i feel much closer to quebec than i do to manitoba yeah you know things like that so these things are kind of natural but we start to see more of it because the world becomes starting to become globalized right and 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 more important and i I would talk about this in in kind of cultural terms and how it affects the way we view our own our countries and stuff like that that idea becomes fixed yes and suddenly it's all the eastern liberals versus all the western conservatives yeah you know and then political parties can kind of uh, exploit that yeah right and you know the eastern liberals well that's not america when it, it is, it <laughs> yeah, is. Of course, America. it is. That all Eastern, is. Li- Eastern Eastern liberal, liberalism is part of, of course, it is. America, of right? Course but it is. Yeah. you know, then 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 you get into defining what it is to be an American, yep. right? You know what it is to be a Canadian, all, all those kinds of things, all those kind of BS things, know, yeah. and and that allows groups both on the left and the right. I'm not just talking about. Oh, the right, no, it's it's all both on the left and right to to kind of shape the way they want the country to be yeah right by convincing others what we might think of as an internalizing the differences and internalizing these kinds of definitions exactly you know tim hortons does it right you know completely uh, right about about you know real canadians drink tim hortons yeah right you know that swiss company that owns Tim Hortons is telling us how, how, yeah. how, what, what's it like to be Canadian, right? You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Very right? common. It's yeah. funny. And, and, and some of these things become epithets for other groups in group, out group kind of thing. Of Somebody on Twitter once called me a liberal elitist. And I said, uh-huh. Yeah. And next. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. And then yeah. actually a friend of mine. And he said, well, I knew that. That's why I said it. Yeah. Um, friend of mine from high school. Yeah. Uh, Peggy and Joan have a confrontation after breakfast. And this is where we have the, the confrontation you talked about. You said, yep. you know, they, I worked my way up. I never slept with him. That's nasty. It's true, but it's nasty. Yeah. Um, and, and like I say, it's, it's, it's too black and white. She still had Don's protection. 
She did. Uh, and Peggy right. is not being very nice here. She's, no. she's also not wrong about what she's saying, but there's a way to say things that doesn't involve yeah. being a, being a, an overbearing jerk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And also, you know, people thought she slept with Don. Everybody thinks that that's right. Right. You know? And so for her to say that is like, yeah, but it doesn't matter whether you did or not. Cause people thought people acted as if you did. And that's exactly. why you, and, and that's, that's you know, and that gave you a, like a, like a force field around you. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so she doesn't recognize that at all because there would have been times when she would have gotten fired. Oh yeah. Right. You know, I, I'm not saying that she's not talented or anything like that. No, no, no one's saying that. But early in her career, if she didn't have Don's protection, she would have been out on the street. I would think. Well, especially after she just disappears for a month, like Don Draper does to have a baby. Exactly. You know, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 a it's a good scene. It's powerful stuff. Uh, and Peggy has no. One of the neat things about Peggy is she really represents, you know, the modern woman, second wave feminism. We've talked about a lot. Yet she's so completely not uh, self aware that it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really shows how how people conform yeah. to sort of what technically we would call hegemony yeah. power and when structures. I, yeah, and when I say unreal, I don't mean people don't do this. I mean it's like it's it's flat. It, you can be flabbergasted watching yeah. it because I, I know people like this, and I'm yeah. sure we're all like this now. And and this is why <clears throat> power structures are maintained. Yeah, because Peggy, people like Peggy, reinforce them. They do, and it's it's the best and when i say best i mean most uh resilient kind of power structures are self-maintaining right yes. and that's what these kind of power structures are. of course it doesn't um, matter yeah. who's at the top no right as long as everybody agree uh, it believes it it doesn't matter who you could get rid of don you could get rid of peggy you could get rid of roger yeah you get rid of jim cutler and it would still be the same it'd still be the same and this is the thing i mean and you want to look at and again this is not a thing about any particular system because you could certainly go watch the TV miniseries uh, Chernobyl and watch sure, of course. What, a, what, a, what a systemic, what a bad system can do. Because that's what, that's what systems are designed to do. It's what they are, do. Yeah. Are, are designed to maintain itself. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I don't, a lot of people don't seem to get that anyway. No. That's all. And that's why we have a shitty government. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and, and not to, to end this on a more positive note, but then we, we can make, we can make steps to change them. It's just that we need to recognize, we, we have this to recognize it. Exactly. Right. You know, which is, you know, why, you know, I, I can point out that the Soviet union had uh, the right to vote. Everybody in the Soviet union had the right to vote. Well, so? but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's good. That's good. That's good that people sure. have the right to vote. But sure. you know, how are the and exactly? And then how are the elections? That well, let's see. If you want to vote against the candidate, you go in that booth and use a different colored yeah. ballot. Oh, I would have to sign my name to it too. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I mean, Ju Justin Trudeau got got a, a majority. Just just to show that I'm not picking on the right wing, uh, <laughs> Justin Trudeau got a, a majority with what was 36 percent of the vote in 2015, something like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, Doug Ford just just did it too to, to to give both sides. Yes, Doug Ford just did it too. He's got he got what forty percent of the something vote. That is possibly like that. I think so. Yeah. So you know, it, it, like you know, it is really the tyranny of the minority. Oh yeah. Um, Bob, I like we see Bob Benson listening to some shitty motivational record because that just is perfect. Yeah, I couldn't see what it was. I couldn't I either. Sure what it was. I, I couldn't see what it was. Um, if anybody knows, let me let, let us know. know. Uh, yeah. Because again, I, I don't want to do too much research because you, you start doing research, you end up with spoilers. Yes, um, that's right. So, that's right. 
So if any if anybody knows what that album was, please let us know. I would be interested to know. Michael, you look fine. Maybe yes. you've had too many funny cigarettes. <laughs> he says he doesn't touch the stuff. And then he says, I'm a pig. I'm a thug. I'm yeah. part of the problem. Oh, he actually does recognize what's yeah. going on. Um, it's not a fear of failure. It's a fear of opportunity. God, I hate when people say things like that. I know. I know. You know it's like, you know, the thing about the pandemic is we've really, no, don't. Don't, yeah. don't. Millions of yeah. people are dead. Shut up. Yeah. Don't tell, tell me there's anything positive in this. Don't exactly. do it. You insensitive piece of garbage. Yeah, I have, I have this it. argument with people about the, the, the Holocaust. Well, they create, no, no, there's nothing good about no, the Holocaust. Don't say nothing it was good to good kill six million people. That's not well, cool. Well, they created this band and made beautiful music. People have been making beautiful music for years. Um, there's nothing good that came out of the Holocaust. This is one of the problems I have with life is beautiful. Yeah. And I, I, I have a, I can't watch that movie, for example. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. And it's simply because I can't think of anything good coming from no. the factory no. level killing of people. I just can't. No. I'm sorry. No. Anyway. I'm with uh, you there. Yeah. I can't turn off the transmissions. They're beaming them right into my head. Oh, now, yeah. Here's, here's now we realize that it's not just a, an existential crisis. No, that, that's, that that's is having. It's there's something... a, there's a technical term for that. We have in psychology, it's called paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. Uh, those are delusions. Uh, uh, and they're delusions of grandeur because why would the thing choose you? Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's a really solid symptom of paranoid schizophrenia or some. Yeah. Now we, you might think, Looking at something like this, if you were me, you might look, oh, amphetamine psychosis, but we know he doesn't touch drugs. So it's right. not cocaine or or speed. Yeah, that's bad. Um, and, and again, we, we see how that, uh, and I think one of the things that that this show, that the scene is doing is kind of undermining that kind of inspirational thing. Yeah. Because then never... Bob just goes full inspirational. Oh, you know, um, you know, be the man I admire, all that, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, Clearly, Ginsburg is having some kind of mental breakdown. He has to talk to professional people at this he, point, he not people who have listened to a point. record. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. You know, and even if you're thinking of it cynically, Bob yeah. and Ginsburg are going to a meeting. Do you want Ginsburg in that meeting? I do not. Right. So even even if you're thinking sort of like cynical business person, it's like, I don't want this guy in that meeting. No. Exactly. Not because anywhere near it. That's going to be bad for me. But yeah, I like when he and then he snaps out of it because he says, tell me the truth. Are you a homo? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he snaps out of it. And that can happen when people are schizophrenic. Yeah. It's not like schizophrenic people are always rambling on about their right. their delusions. It's not how it works. Right. Um, they can be extremely lucid and logical and like, and, re and some reality testing as we call it in the, in the biz. Um, but this is concerning. Yeah. It's very concerning. Um, I love this party. It's one of my favorite scenes. I guess I also like the party in the beginning of season five. I just like a good mm -hmm. party scene. I guess. Good party scene is good, always good. Um, Roger looks so out of place. It's great. He does with his little cravat. And... Yeah. And it's funny. Don looks out of place, but he can pull it off because he's Don freaking Draper. And yeah. he doesn't look completely out of place because I think Megan said, bring a light colored sport coat. Yeah. <laughs> like she understands. So he doesn't look ridiculous. And and I think part of it is attitude as well. Like Don doesn't care. Don doesn't care about a lot of things. I mean, right? he does at one it, point say, 
<laughs> introduced me to the bar. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you know he's, he, fine. I mean, he's, he, he's fine at the party, whereas Roger, because of his LSD trips, he like he wants to be groovy. Roger right? thinks he's you part know. of the counterculture. This exactly, or on some level, he really does. Yeah. Yeah, and Don. Whereas Don knows Don is not. like, I'm a timeless American man. <laughs> exactly, you know, and and that and because of that, he can kind of just deal with the situation that he's in. Exactly, uh, and then we notice, hey, it's Danny Siegel. I was completely blown away the first time I saw that this was Danny. I was, I was like, this too. is great. Um, there's a whole Sunny and Cher vibe here with uh, he and Lotus. Like it really is. He's got the mustache. She's taller yeah. and younger. She's got the great big glasses. She didn't talk much. She just giggles every time Roger makes fun of how how uh, Danny's short. Yeah. Now the jokes are mean, and I mean we we at this podcast do not support be no. making fun of people's physical no shortcomings. Thank you very no. much. Um, <laughs> but it really is funny. That. Yeah, they're funny. They are funny. Just a just a short time you were in advertising, right? Just a little little yeah. short time. A little short time. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Roger, it's so awful. Um. It's just funny. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I don't know why, why does, why does, why does Roger hate Danny? Yeah. That's what I, that's what I was thinking. The only thing I could think up, come up with is that they do make that reference that, that, that he's related to his ex-wife. Yeah. I guess that's it. Right? That's all so I, I guess that's it. That's all I can think of. Cause I mean, he didn't work at the firm long enough and he got, he was, he got fired pretty quickly when they lost yeah. lucky strike. So yeah, it's an odd, it's an odd thing. Yeah, I, I, like I, I did. I, I was I, I agreed. I wasn't sure why Roger hated Danny so much. Like he really seemed like he was he hated him. And it wasn't good natured right? ribbing. Like one no. short joke among people who work together. Like I mean, people. I have a, yeah. a friend of mine across the uh, the hall at work. He's a little overweight, and I call him a fat son of a bitch. Yeah, and he makes fun of my vision, and it's perfectly exactly. fine because it's just work banter, and it's fine. Exactly, and, and and you you understand where you know the motivation for it and all that kind and of stuff. And there's a line that neither of us would cross, and exactly. it's fine, right? Because exactly. we're friends. This is not that. This is just no outright this, mean. Yeah, this is this is just outright mean. And again, I don't even understand though it's funny. Why. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's I don't funny. understand it either. I really don't. It's you know, very I don't, strange. I, you know, I I don't I don't understand. Uh, yeah, it really is odd. Uh, Don ends up talking to a musician and, and a uh, musician hears that he likes jingles and the bread is out of sight. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then Don looking for the bathroom and she hears that, uh, the, 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 the hostess says there's an extra nipple here when you're, when you're coming back. And I didn't take that as being even vaguely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Double, double meaning sexual. I don't like, I no. at all. It's like, you could have some. Yeah, I can have some. Should note, by the way, that Harper Valley PTA was playing on the way in, which is yeah. a great, great song. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then she says, "Do you like hashish?" I don't like hashish that much, actually. I'd mm. rather I'm a straight up cannabis guy, but everybody's different. Um, and then we get some really deep music cuts here. We've got uh, "Rag I Hear" by Riv by Rev by yep. Stephen Day uh, and Patrick Hawes, uh, and that's when Don's uh, smoking hash. And yep. then all the right things by Leaves of Grass, which is a I song know. you hear once every, I don't know, 25 years. Yep. <laughs> um, when Roger's talking to Danny and Lotus. And then, of course, Danny punches Roger. And I was like, good. I'm glad you punched him in, in the nuts. That's perfect. <laughs> I, I also it was kind of funny because it's like, you think I'm short? Okay, fine. Here, 
bam, I punch you. <laughs> Normally, I would punch you in the job, but because I'm so short, I'm going to punch you in the in the gonads. Yeah, and you know you're going to be doubled over, and that's when Lotus is like, <laughs> yeah, are you on something? <laughs> um, so I'm glad he got punched there. I think he deserves. I, I am too. Yeah, I'm really not into violence, man. <laughs> I'm going to punch you. I'm going to get a punch you. <laughs> Um, and then we have found love by the flyby nights comes on and that's when mm-hmm. things start to get really weird. He tells Roger says, you know, these dropped acid f- five times and it's like, he's, he's doing this to like, come on to her. Like it's impressive. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not impressive because everybody at this party, half the people right now are on acid. Yeah. So dropping acid five times. Isn't that impressive, Roger? Yeah. It'd that's that's like, you. that's like somebody trying to impress me by saying, you know, I read books. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Yeah, good, good for you. Good. Um, People so, should read books. So do I. I, yeah. I, I, I approve of that. <laughs> it's like but, somebody telling Ken Herndon they've they've read the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like okay, all right. Folks should know that it's a friend of a mutual friend of ours, Ken Herndon, who just got tenure. He did. Congratulations, at Queens. Ken. Um, and he's got an entire bookshelf full of versions of the Lord of the Rings. That's he's, he's a big fan. He's a little into it. He's a fan. Yeah. I, I, I collect um, mostly gin. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm more a whiskey kind of guy, but you yeah, know, hey, yeah, whatever works for you. I take gin. Um, I would not say no to gin. And then we have Dawn saying, you know, I told you when he's, he's starting to make out with that woman and she calls him Dawn, he said, I'm, I told you that's not my name. And I, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, he's telling, oh, he must be really high. Yeah. If he's telling people, and he is really high. And then I immediately went, oh, this has got to be some kind of dream sequence or something. Because yeah, Megan shows up. That I, I think that hashish was laced with something. <laughs> it might have been. Also, when you've been drinking all day by a pool. And That's you true. Weed, um, That's true. That's you, true. You likely aren't going to hallucinate. So yeah. I think there's got to be something yeah. in there. Yeah. Some kind of hallucinogen. Because, I, you know, because, you know, as I think we've mentioned before, the weed back then was a lot weaker. It wasn't quite as strong. No. Right. So, you know, I'm, you know, again... I'm not sure it would be strong enough to have this kind of reaction unless there was something else in it. That's what I'm thinking too. Um, and if you look at the THC content of cannabis comparing now to, to that era, it's literally 10 times stronger. Now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's unreal. Um, so Megan shows up uh, and she's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, that's when I thought, okay, this is obviously something else. Um by the way, Jessica Barre as a, as, a, as a flower child is unreally. She's really good looking. She is. <laughs> she's a very good looking woman. She um, is. Yeah. That was a dead giveaway. It was a dream. I also, I find this very, because I, I know people who have done this and it doesn't work. When she when he says, what's this? And she says a second chance. And it's like, you don't have a baby to yeah. save your relationship. Yeah. There, are, there are good reasons to have babies. This is not one this of them. This is not one of them. <laughs> they aren't props. They aren't relationship yeah. things. Yeah. They are humans you're building. Yeah. And and babies come with a lot more problems. <laughs> and they also come with a little bit of responsibility, yeah, folks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I just I, I find it profoundly sad because um, people do that. But it, it 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 gives us a sense of what he what he really thinks. It does. It really does. He, th- he it's, thinks that if he just has a baby and they get a family together, that everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Um, and then PFC Dinkins shows up. Um, what happened to your arm? Well, I'm not pitching for the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, I love PFC Dinkins. Uh, dying doesn't make you whole. You should look what you look like. Oh, I see. 
yeah. <laughs> he's dying in the pool. Hey, yeah. Very good. And we get back to reality. Um. Anyway, he's going to be okay. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a great scene, and also the music's unreal. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, as I said, I think in the document, I, w- I wonder if that's like uh, uh, um, the floating in the pool pool bit. Yeah, it's yeah. not exactly the same, but I wonder if that's just a reference to Sunset Boulevard. It's an excellent question because that's that starts off with William Holden floating in a pool. Yeah, right. You know, um, and I just wonder if that that kind of scene was just like a nod to that. Obviously, spoilers again. Um, he's dead in, in Sunset Boulevard, yeah. right? Folks, he's it's not, an old movie. Also, yeah, and, it's still a great movie. You should watch it. It is a great movie. Everything with William Holden in it. It is, and and William Holden guy. Yeah, and and uh, Gloria Swanson as the the old. So good. What what well, you also see the two styles of acting, the old it's, old style. It, of isn't it something that movie? It's with, so with good. Like her overacting and him being like like the hard boiled new kind of acting, so and it works so well for their characters. It's 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 in, in my my opinion one of the the few movies that I would say are is perfect. It's a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. Yeah, uh, that's a perfect movie. Annie Hall's a perfect movie. Mm. There's not a lot. No. I could probably sit here and think of some others, but I'm not going to waste all our time. But yeah. that's yeah. those are literally two that I always think of. Oh, that's a perfect yeah. movie. Go go see Sunset Boulevard. If yeah. You if you uh, have seen it again, go watch it. Go again. watch it again. It's just it's rewatchable too. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um. Oh. Uh. And uh, oh, it looks like they're finally making uh, Chevy happy. Uh, yeah. So Ted tells Jim, uh, Bob comes in, Manischewitz is, uh, is putting them in review, which of course apparently doesn't surprise anybody. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, which now puts Bob on Chevy. So he's happy, which makes me think, well, maybe yeah. Bob effed up meeting on purpose, but I don't think so. Cause you no. know, you hear Roger eventually says that's ah, been coming for months. Yeah. I, I, I think that it's Cutler trying to torpedo. Yes. Sterling anybody, Cooper. anybody yeah. from Sterling Cooper. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's what, and that's why I said earlier that he's kind of using Bob as a pawn because he, he knows Bob is incompetent. Is like an incompetent suck up. Yeah. Why, why would you put Bob on? Yeah. Anything. Chevy. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. something that big, like it's the same thing about Joan, right? You know, that's the same attitude towards Joan. We're not going to put Joan on Avon. We're going to put somebody else on it because Joan isn't experienced, isn't experienced enough. That's right. Which is fair enough in that situation, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But when you come to here, it's like, really, Bob? Yeah, I don't know, guys. Like it's your most important account, the one that's paying for everything. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think Cutler's trying to uh, torpedo the company. Yeah, I think you may be right. Uh, Don and Roger are coming on, on the way home. Uh, Don, Don's caught a cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love when Roger says, apparently, I am a curious child with a full <laughs> head of hair and a thriving business. It's like, whoa, that's literally exactly who you are. Yep. I like the self-reflection. That's Roger when he it's funny. Roger sometimes steps out of like the acid thing changed him. And he's got this self-reflective kind of self-aware thing. And then sometimes it just goes away like it did during the party. And then it comes back. It's like, oh wow. Yeah. But my life's pretty good. I have nothing to complain about. I'm cool. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that's that's kind of privilege there. Um Avon's pretty happy. They've sent over uh you know, uh, samples. Pete's not happy. No. Ted's not happy either because this was Ted likes process. Ted's a process guy. He is. There are rules. There are rules and you follow them. I have, I know people like this and they they sometimes drive me nuts because it's like, everything isn't processed. What what happened? What's the outcome? Did anybody get hurt? No, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, an old colleague in Newfoundland that said, used to say that process was the, uh, 
people who are obsessed with process are the same are, are people who are uh, incompetent mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know if that's entirely true but it's not i don't because ted isn't but no because ted ultimately accepts the situation it's like okay fine i'm unhappy because you didn't follow the process but it seemed to work out all right so let's let's just see what we can do let's push that leave that in the, in the past and see what we can do here exactly um i like that you know Peggy has a plan here, which is she puts the speaker on. (laughs) Very clever. Very clever. Uh, And, uh, you know, she comes up with the idea of gives, gives Meredith the, uh, the, the note, little note there, the little, uh, while you were out, someone called slip, whatever they used to be called. Uh, And of course there's no call, but it's, it's actually a pretty good thing. And then Peggy says, well, you better hope he calls. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which I'm, you know, he's going to obviously. Uh, everybody's back in the office. Pete tells Don that in his absence, things are quite dire. Yeah. <laughs> they aren't that bad, Pete. Calm this Christ down. Uh, oh, they're going to come up with a name and everybody's decided they're all going to drop the names except Sterling and Cooper. So it's going to be Sterling, Cooper and partners. So basically is that Al? Yeah, it is. <laughs> they, Al. They've gone with it, Al. Uh, and then Pete's like, at this point, Pete's like, my name is never going to be on the door. Yep. I, I followed the rules and nothing good happened. Yep. Screw it. I'm going to yep. go smoke weed. Yep. So Pete goes over to the creative lounge. And of course there's somebody's taking a haul off a joint. I think it's Stan. He takes it. He yep. takes, he, he sucks on the, on the joint and he doesn't cough, which is interesting because he doesn't smoke. And I'll tell you something. Marijuana smoke is much harder, harsher than tobacco. It is. Smoke. It is. I should cough I'm not there. a smoker. And when I, when I, first time maybe after after a little few puffs i'm okay but the first time i i i puff a, a joint um i do cough oh yeah it's it's harsh because man i'm not a smoker right so you know um yeah and even if you are one it's so harsh and i don't smoke marijuana that often either so like yeah. it's it's not like like i do it a lot to get used to used to smoking that yeah yeah exactly but then you know he watches the woman walk by in a short skirt and it hits him. And then of course, Janice Joplin comes on yeah. like another piece of my heart, which is another possibility. We've got some good possibilities. We got some good possibilities. Song. We'll discuss this in a moment, but what did I miss? Well, there's, there's a couple things. Ooh, um, yes, I, I assumed there's three things, but, but, but I'm going, I'm going to um, um, keep two of them as, as kind of the same one. So, okay. Um, the first one is this this idea that um, Pete has as like there's some kind of resistant fighters. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. He says because because when when he's having this discussion with Ted about John, he's going it's a revolt, you know, and then, and then he says that the name is a gravestone to our resistance. <laughs> it's like Pete, dude. I I understand <laughs> that you're over you're upset. You maybe just look taking this a little. It's yeah. not, this is not world to quote yeah. Marv Levy after when he was in the fourth Super Bowl, the bills were in, yeah. which they lost. And, uh, but at the first, you know, before the game, when he was asked by a, a reporter, is this a must win situation? He said, this is football. World yeah. War II was a must win situation. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said, there's no, no soldiers coming off on D day going football. <laughs> <laughs> I love like, Marv Levy. Me too. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, and I also like the use of the ampersand. Yes. I like I like him saying uh, Don saying Sterling Cooper ampersand, ampersand and partners yeah and and for those of you who don't know ampersand is the little symbol that we have for and 
Yes. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that that's called an ampersand. Really? Yep. It's true. Okay. It's true. What do they call it? They don't know. They don't know what it is. They just okay. say the and sign or something like that. Okay. Okay. You know. I constantly am amazed that people don't know. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you, you get know, it too. I, yeah. <laughs> dude, story of my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also like the the comment that, you know, how there is a kind of humanity that mm-hmm. kind of overrides everything. I think that this is one of the things I think the show is getting at. Yep. Because in that scene with Don and Megan, when they're, they're watching the protests. Yep. Right. You know, he, he, I think part of the problem that Don has at that moment is he doesn't understand why she's upset. Yes, he does not. That's right. Cause as, as she says, you know, she can't vote. Yeah. You can't even vote. Right. And, right. and, and so it's like, well, why, why are you concerned? This, you're a Canadian. You, you, this has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's, it's like me sort of watching the Ontario vote, you know, people going, why, why are you upset to Doug Ford? got reelected you're not in ontario it's like yeah but there there's a humanity there's there's you know there's yeah. a, a thing above that right you know i yeah. don't i don't like bullies being elected yeah. Yeah. and i know people are going to suffer from this yeah you know and so she's looking at this going people are going to suffer people are going to get hurt mm-hmm. you know it has nothing to do with left right american canadian it's no like, no no this is unfair people are going to get hurt, hurt that's right. and it's unfair you know, and he can't see that obviously because he's goal-oriented, as we might say today. I think we would. I think we would. Um, and also, I just this is just more of a an existential thing with okay. the reference reference to Reagan, yeah, who in in that uh, came in a distant third, um, right. and Rockefeller came in a distant second. Yes. Um, and it, you know, it was one of those things where they were talking. And it's just the way they kind of set it up, and I, I think this this was part of the part of what I should be thinking. And what I mean, I think the show is saying this is like, yes. you know, when I was watching that, I was going, "What would have happened if Rockefeller had a one?" Oh, I, I think about that a lot, right? Like, like because <laughs> yeah. because there's you know, Rockefeller is a conservative, so I, I don't his politics and my politics don't naturally align. Yeah, but there was a lot of things that he supported that i supported too like there's there's more overlap between me and rockefeller than there is between me and say nixon yeah and i mean i would say that rockefeller still is a sort of it's it's i mean people talk about rockefeller republicans they aren't they're classic liberals yeah in that sense if, if yeah. people should go look up what the word liberal means yeah like like, um, like he, he 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 did not want to use something that is perhaps very current anti-abortion laws yeah, that's right. Right. People wanted him to to put when he was governor, he to impose um, anti-abortion laws. And he actually vetoed anti-abortion laws. Yeah. Which, again, is something that I can get. I can get behind that. I, sure. I, I agree with him on that that point. I don't think there should be any anti I'm pro-choice. Steve uh, you and know, I live in a country that has literally no law against abortion. Abortion exactly. is regulated the same way appendectomies are. And we have exactly. fewer abortions per population than the United States. Anyway. Of course. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it, you know, it was one of, and I think that this show wants us to do that. It does. I think so. Right. Yeah. To, to a good sort thing. of think about what, what would, have, what would have happened if Nixon had lost? Yeah. Right. If Rockefeller had won, would we, ha- would, would, he, would we have had Reagan coming? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe Reagan wouldn't, wouldn't have been president. It's, 
you know, you know? and it's it's what, what a show that deals with this a lot is a uh, for all mankind on the um, uh, uh, Apple TV Plus, and it's it's yeah. about the the Russians win the space race, and right. it just changes everything. So right. you end up with a president, you end up with a president Ted Kennedy, you right. end up with a president Reagan, but in 1976, and the next season starts soon, and I don't know what's going to be happening in the 90s, but I know we all go to Mars. Yeah, and listen to Nirvana on yeah. Mars. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I that's think one of these things. I think that's one of the show. What one of the things the show wants us to to think about, not just yeah. about the time that it's writing about, but but the implications for. I mean, that's that's why that's why you you write historical drama, is yeah. the implications for what ha- what came about and how that affected what we were doing now. Exactly. Right. No, it's, you know, it's and, correct. And, and you can go back with, with even like go back as far as Goldwater, right? You know, and Goldwater leads to Trump. Oh yeah, right. It's for good or for, for almost, good or for bad. I wouldn't say a straight line, but it's not no, too no, crooked. No, but <laughs> but but what crooked. I mean is is it it begins the process that creates the 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 the, the, the uh, atmosphere and, and and you know and the culture that leads eventually to trump and by the way much right. much to barry goldwater's chagrin i would add yeah uh, yeah you know, i mean i yeah i don't think goldwater would have supported trump yeah but it created that kind of shift of the republicans mm-hmm. away from the center to the right yeah you know and i you can you can kind of see rockefeller as kind of the representative of the more kind of moderate conservatives yeah and and you know the idea that that there would be liberal republicans and conservative democrats yes it's a a wild thing for people to think of exactly you know and and that's one of the things i like about this show i mean uh, any any show that does that or book that makes me think about those things i like even if it makes me angry yeah that's right man because you know as you know i'm not a trumpist or you know anything like that but no you know so it sometimes it makes me angry but even that it's making me think and that and that's always a good thing it's it's like when i sit around thinking God, I wish Bobby Kennedy wouldn't have been assassinated. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the world would be a completely different place. And I, I, yeah. I, I would go. I'll go to my grave saying that if Bobby Kennedy became president in 1968, the world would be a much better place. Right? I now. think so. I think, uh, yeah, it would certainly be a much different place. I think so. Um, you know, and, that, and that's what that's why I said when my my wife says something, she says, "How do you like that?" I said, "It didn't even make me angry." She said, "Oh, so it wasn't very good then." It's like, yeah, it didn't even make me angry. <laughs> it's like, I didn't like it, and it didn't even make me angry. And she, and, and my wife goes, oh, so you didn't like uh, if, it? If you got if you got no emotion from a piece of art, I don't know why exactly. You, I don't know like, why you're engaging like it. with it. Exactly. You know. You know so uh, you, even anger is, you know, for me is a good response because it's making me think. Exactly. And it, it's engaging me. Even and that's even what I want. I may, that's what I want in my art. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's so it's so it makes me so angry because it's shitty. Don't misunderstand yeah. me. But yeah. when it's something good that makes me angry, yeah, it's it, it's transcendent. Yeah. You know. Um, like you, think of Free Guy. It's it's not a very good movie, but right. it made me happy when I saw it. <laughs> that's fine it's like it's not a very good movie but i enjoyed watching it yeah it it, it it hit all the positive buttons in me and you know and you know and it's the kind of the kind of movie designed to be what i like and i well, liked it so oh it's like know. battleship it's the stupidest movie i've ever seen yeah. I'll, I'll go watch it right now yeah <laughs> you know exactly i think steve i'm gonna make an executive decision i'm gonna go with found love by the flyby nights okay Okay, because I I think I have that. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks, Steve. Thank you.
I should leave that part in. Where's my fucking nose pointer? Um, and... Peggy? Pizza House! 